welcome to the Bad Time Movie Club podcast, where three friends talk about bad movies they've seen. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Hannah. You guys can introduse yourselves. <laughs> you lead the way, you lead the way. Okay, um, I'm Anna. And I'm Lily. Great. <laughs> we are your hosts. Uh, and we are starting today with a bad movie that all three of us have seen pretty recently. Mm -hmm. uh, we watched it together, uh, I'm going to say like three weeks ago. Together but apart. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot we watched it together during on Netflix party. I'm so confused. <laughs> yeah, we watched it together and we have all seen it again in the past two days separately to discuss it today. It is the yeah. 2018 Canadian film, Hashtag oh. Roxy. It's Canadian. It is. A, yeah. Uh, it was filmed, I believe, in Alberta, Canada. Sure. Uh, on a budget of less than a million dollars. Less than a million dollars? According to IMDb. See, Hannah said this to me, and I have no concept of what that means. I don't really either. When you say less than a million, it makes me think that that's cheap. Less than a million could be a lot of things, though. But here's the thing. Less than a million, if this was, you know, a, an indie film, I would really respect it. But knowing what we know, and knowing that one of the film's <laughs> stars is Danny Trejo... All the money went to him. All the money went to him. <laughs> All the money went to Danny Trejo and the prosthetic... Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, so, yes, yeah, so this film, uh, Hashtag Roxy, which is very difficult to find on Amazon Prime because of the hashtag. <laughs> uh, it is a remake of the 1980s film Roxanne. Oh, what? You didn't know that? I didn't know it. All, all I knew is that it was an adaptation of Cyrano de Bergerac. I didn't know it was a, a remake of a movie. Yeah, so it is a an adaptation of Cyrano de Bergerac, as is Roxanne, obviously. But Roxanne was a 1980s movie starring Steve Martin and Daryl Hannah. Oh, okay. Oh, is, is it the same plot? Uh... Yeah, it's basically the same plot, but they're adults in but Roxanne. What makes it, like, what makes it different... Like, why is it an adaptation of Roxanne and not an adaptation of Cyrano? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think it's because it follows most closely to Roxanne in that they kept in the large nose aspect. Great. And nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think, I think if you look at Cyrano de Bergerac, um, this one, because, again, part of my background research was I looked up Cyrano de Bergerac. Have you guys ever seen that? No, I have not. But my mom has, which shocked me. She wrote oh. Eileen off. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I also have not. Um, I did know the plot because one time uh, I played a video game where they referenced it. Uh, but was it Kingdom Hearts? No, <laughs> it wasn't Kingdom Hearts. Uh, good guess though. It was a dating sim of some kind. Okay. Um, but. Cyrano de Bergerac, I looked on Wikipedia, and it has had, like, 15 adaptions in the last 10 years. Well, wasn't Sierra Burgess is a Loser an adaptation? Sierra Burgess oh. is a Loser. Um, yeah. Also, the half of it is an adaptation. Oh! What's oh, my God. So it? it just came out on Netflix. Um, and oh. I want to... Oh, okay. I want to talk... so many Netflix adaptations of this play? It's a play, right? Yes. Yeah. Also... The right, baby. Um, James McAvoy is currently or just was in a production of it as Cyrano on, I think, the West End. Did he have a big nose? 
No, that's the craziest part. He didn't have a big nose, but he was gay for Christian. Oh, shit. A better better version. Wait, so was his nose the gayness? Okay, I feel like we should start describing this movie, because I feel like the audience is going to get pretty lost. (laughs) This is fair, this is fair, okay. Okay, so um, the biggest parts of Hashtag Roxy that I feel like we need to make clear before we start describing the plot in greater detail is that the main character, Cyrus, has a comically large nose. Yeah. Very large. Every time I saw it, based, like front facing I was like it's not that bad and then he would turn to the side and I'd be like I forgot about the nose it's like as long as his face yeah easily um and you I first you know you look at his nose and you're like okay it's a prosthetic and it is it is but I found out later the actor who plays Cyrus Jake Short was on Disney Channel and he played other nose related characters (laughs) what with his character. <laughs> <laughs> How many can there be? Well, at least two, because he used to be in a Disney Channel short series as a character named Nose Nosterson. Oh shit. <laughs> okay. Well what's the thing that he had a big nose in that too? Or is it like something different about it? I'm gonna tell you right now, Lily, no disrespect to this actor, but it was just his regular nose as a child. Oh, damn. That's rough. Sorry, Drake Short. Okay, that's awesome. Sweet as a brand. Yes. So there are are two uh, Disney Channel actors in this movie, Jake Short, who is on Ant Farm, and Mm -hmm. my king in this movie, Boo Boo Stewart, who plays Christian. The king of this movie. Of Descendant fame. Also Twilight fame. And X-Men. And X-Men? Who's he in X-Men? He was one of the future mutants from Days of Future Past. Oh, damn. Good for him. <laughs> so I would say, other than Danny Trejo, he is the biggest star in this movie. Yeah, definitely. He is certainly that. Uh, something else I liked about Boo Boo Stewart is he plays the hot boy in this movie. And usually when movies are impressing upon me that, like, this is the hot guy and this is the hot girl, I'm never sold on it, especially with the guy. Yeah. Because they're always like, oh, he's so hot. What are we going to do? And I'm like, he's fine. But Boo Boo Stewart, I think, is actually very cute. It's a beautiful man. Yeah. Yes, with a wonderful smile. He's yeah, he's, he's got a heart of gold. <laughs> <laughs> he's very good looking. So I, I was willing to give them that. I also thought uh, the titular Roxy hashtag Roxy. I thought she was very pretty as well. I yeah. thought she was wearing a wig. I thought she was wearing a wig too. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't it the whole the movie. I was like, is she wearing a wig? And she might have been. I don't think so because on IMDb it looks like her hair. Man, sometimes people just got anything else. She is actually a former regular on Degrassi. Oh, damn. Next generation? Yes. Sure. I mean, that that sort of self explanatory, I guess. (laughs) But I thought both she and Boo Boo were very cute. So every time people were hyping up how hot they were, I was like, okay, I'll buy it. Mm. Yeah, I guess. I'll take it. So. Let, I want to start on the recap because I feel like yeah. our our side thoughts are going to take up way more time than actually recapping the plot. <laughs> Maybe so. Um, so the movie starts with what looks like my brother's Fortnite setup in this boy's room. He has mm-hmm. a million computers and he's sleeping in a sweatshirt and jeans, which I hate. <laughs> 
And he wakes up. He's like, the pep rally. And he starts skateboarding to the pep rally. Mm. Now, I want to ask you guys a couple of things. Uh, okay. Was pep rallies a big deal in your school? Question one. Uh, only during like a spirit week. So like maybe two times a year. Um, but beyond that, I don't really know what a pep rally is for. Wait, so. only during a spirit week. Wait, was spirit week the main event at your high school? Because spirit week only revolved around pep rally at my high school. Pep rally was really big at my high school. At my high school. Wait, should we like clarify? I'm from California. Um, and, well, are we allowed to say this? I'm going to yeah, say that. I'm yeah. in California. Um, and, and here's my address. Um, no, <laughs> I... I w- went to like a cliche weird private school and um so it would like there'd be two spirit weeks one week leading up to homecoming like the game even though we didn't have a dance and then one leading up to prom um you didn't and have so, a homecoming like, dance didn't have a homecoming dance only had a game because our football team was really bad um <laughs> and I don't, actually that has nothing to do with the dance um our football team was really bad though um and uh, yeah, so we would have like different like themed days, and during like one of those days, we'd have like the pep rally where it'd be like color wars or something like that. I don't know. We did that too. But yeah, but beyond that, I assume a pep rally is just for s- celebrating the sport and those playing it, from what I glean. <laughs> well, our pep rallies were to su- support all sports because we all had our. Um, our home, uh, our senior games around then, which was like the game where you scheduled the worst team in the division to yeah. play so that you could yep. beat them yep. on your home field. And everybody <laughs> came with like balloons and stuff and gave speeches for the seniors. Mm-hmm. Um, and Anna, you are so, from New York. Oh, I am from New York, not the city, not quite upstate. <laughs> right in the middle, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, pep rallies were not a big deal at my school. We had them also probably like twice a year. And our sports team was also very bad. I'm from Massachusetts. And so we were we were very hyped on the athletics of it all. But we also always knew our team was going to lose. And there yeah. was never like a week leading up into it. It was just like, okay, on Friday, we're going to have a pep rally for an hour at the end. And that's yeah. it. That's sad. I don't like that. Well, <laughs> our team's horrible, but our pep rallies were wonderful. The volleyball team did their dance. Everybody had their theme. Each grade had their theme. They were often very inappropriate. Ah, perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and this also would me out about this movie because when he goes to school, it's 9 a.m. and it's time for the pep rally. It's at the beginning of the day. (laughs) Oh, true. That is different. And then seemingly they all just go home after that. Oh, the whole school (laughs) day was pep rally. Maybe it was a half day. Yeah, hey, (laughs) got to really think out of the box here. So he's he's skateboarding to school, and we while he's going, we don't see his face because this is a reveal. Um, we meet Roxy mm-hmm. hashtag Roxy. She is a beautiful blonde. And our hot friend. Re- please repeat that. Her hot best friend too. Her oh, hot best friend underrated. Her hot best friend. I I have in my notes. Roxy accepts vapid girls, but not vapid boys. <laughs> Yeah, you're so right. I'm obsessed with her, and she has such a bit part in this film. And later, when she like was like, "Hey, I'll still date you even if you punch someone in the face," I was like, "At least you have your priorities straight." And I appreciate <laughs> that about you. I I loved her look because she looked like the best friend in Ten Things I Hate About You. Um, like almost oh, down. Yeah, yeah. 
like down to like her her greasy hair a little bit. Um, and I thought she was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> and I did think it was really interesting how Roxy is like so demeaning of anyone who's not intelligent, but her best friend only knows five words. <laughs> yep, yep. I thought that was a very interesting character beat for Roxy. So we instantly learn that Roxy is very beautiful, but also only cares about books. She's smart. Mm-hmm. Egg. She's not going to go to a party because she's staying home and reading a book. She's hashtag Roxy and she's hashtag smart. <laughs> Something, a big theme of this film, I feel like, is the sapiosexuality of it all. It it boggles my mind. And I really want to talk about that more the farther we get into it. Because it's <laughs> it, only gets, back. <laughs> it only gets more detestable over time, I think. Yeah. So... We meet Roxy, and then we meet Christian, who is played by Boo Boo Stewart. Uh, he is wow. he's new in town, mm-hmm. and he is he's in- new in town. <laughs> and he's instantly greeted by his friend Lee, and they never explain how Christian and Lee know each other. Thank you. I had no clue. I was very confused by that. They're just like their childhood. Oh, wait, do they even say their childhood friends? It's just oh. like it goes way back to when they were kids. They Probably. say some- that book. They say something about how they knew each other from when they were kids, but it doesn't really clear up how they know each other, how far away Christian moved from, like, what the connection is. There's not even a... Because later they do, like, very exposition-heavy, we've known each other since this dialogue, but there was none of that for Christian and Lee. No. So Christian comes in, and he's like, hey, Lee, I'm new in town, and I am played by Boo Boo Stewart, and I'm very handsome. And we see Roxy making (laughs) fuck-me eyes at him, like, right away. (laughs) And I can't critique her for that because he looks great. And he is also giving her the same right back. Uh, And he's like, I'm very interested in that girl, Roxy. And Lee says, "Uh, you and everyone else, but that doesn't matter right now because Cyrus is about to do some shit. Uh, Yeah. We don't know Cyrus yet. (laughs) And the exposition dump Lee gives Christian about who Cyrus is made me crazy. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, I have a huge note on that. They compare him to Voldemort. Yeah, they oh, in- yeah, because you can't mention friends. Um, I also wrote down Harry Potter reference for five minutes in. <laughs> but you're so right. They compare him to Voldemort, like the evil one. <laughs> yeah, they're like saying saying nose at the school is like saying Voldemort, like. They cannot say no's, otherwise they'll summon him to do evil things, I guess. <laughs> well, that's my question about his character as a whole, is I can't tell if he was, like... Because, like, okay, when... This is jumping ahead slightly, but when he starts to, like, pull his prank, everyone's, like, applauding for him. And I can't tell what his reputation is. Really? I, I thought about this the whole movie, because there's another time, you know, when he's doing the roast, we'll get into that, where they're all, like, applauding, and they're like, yeah, this is great. And I'm like, it's really not. I think they're all just really, really terrified. Exactly. I, Do they, I don't know if they're, like, not talking about his nose because they don't want to bully him or because they literally think that he will dox them. I also, I have the exact same note where my first note is the extras in this movie are crazy. Uh, and, then the sec- <laughs> and then the second note is... Is Cyrus popular at this school, or are, is everyone just terrified of him? And I think he's just running an emotional terror campaign at this school. Exactly. Yeah. So 
Uh, Lee gives Christian this exposition dump about Cyrus, about how he has a huge nose, but nobody can mention it because he's a hacker extraordinaire and everyone's terrified that he's going to, like, hack their shit if they make fun of his huge nose. Yeah. And you guys, I... I looked through so many Wikipedia articles about Cyrano de Bergerac, and he does have a huge nose in the original play, but I was like, what is the hacker equivalent? Like, how does hacking come into this? And there's no reason why he's a hacker. Oh, great. Yeah, that's just, that's a a new plot detail for no reason. But so he is a crazy (laughs) hacker, and currently he is hacking the school for an unknown reason as they're having this conversation. (laughs) Um, he is being assisted by his cousin Bronwyn, and he instantly makes it clear that they're cousins. <laughs> yes, Bronwyn! Bronwyn! I would just like to say what everyone's thinking, which is she's a big old lesbian, and I <laughs> and that's how I feel. <laughs> I wrote the down my characters in the entire film. My first note, Bronwyn obviously bisexual. Oh, you know what? And I, you know what? And I can appreciate that and understand that. Oh shit, you're kind of right. Um, and this is not to drag anyone of any sexuality, because I also was with you, I'm like, this character's obviously lesbian, and then later she's wearing, like, a holographic backpack that has 17 magnet pins in it, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> you're right, you're right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna use a Trixie Mattel term and say that's maybe by now gay later. <laughs> shit yeah yeah i mean her because her entire narrative centers like on this character lee who i like i don't give it like lee is the most disposable character in this film am i correct lee i think i just yeah. i i see lee i feel like is a plot device that they eventually realized had to have lines and so they made the character because he instigates a lot of shit but he's also the most boring one True. yeah Exactly. Yeah, I mean, like, the only thing I can see that Lee is actually useful for is when Christian gets introduced to Cyrus. Yeah. And yeah. that, like, that whole device is never, like, it, it's never brought up again because they have, like, that childhood dare book and yeah. it's never brought up again. I have a note Good about thing. that, too. Okay, but we're going to get there. So let's let's <laughs> dial it back to, they're pulling this prank. We don't know why. Bronwyn is Cyrus's cousin and she's helping him. And we know that because Cyrus says, I'm your favorite cousin and you wouldn't let anything bad happen to me or something like that. Right. Instantly making it clear that Cyrus would have no friends if they weren't related to him. Mm-hmm. So the pep rally starts. Every guy on the football team is obviously over 30 years old. They're balding. Yeah, they're, ra- they're really balding. This also stuck out to me because I think it was one of the first points in the movie where I realized the makeup department did not come through. Uh, Every person on that stage looked. Yes. <laughs> uh, they were so sweaty, and I could see their foundation a little bit. Um, that that was really weird. I the guy who he eventually calls out was especially sweaty and old, and so I especially I, old. Yeah, yeah. His hairline was especially in the middle of his like scalp. Head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was premature balding. <laughs> so cyrus is here to expose this 40 year old man for sending nudes to roxy um he Mm. has a voice scrambler so nobody knows it's him but also all of the students are like oh it's cyrus (laughs) what i didn't understand is how like they they know so much that it's him 
And so do like all the administration on the campus, but yet no one does anything, which circles back to my belief that like they're all terrified that that he's going to dox them. Like they're going to Julia, he's going to like Julian Assange everyone. Yes. Well, because something happens later where Danny Trejo confronts him about it because Danny Trejo plays the principal in this movie. And he's like, Cyrus, I like you, but stop doing internet crimes. And Cyrus is like, you can't stop me because I can ruin your family. And that's kind of where the scene ends. (laughs) (laughs) How did they get Danny Trejo? I don't know. He must have been friends with like the director's cousin or something. My favorite part of Danny Trejo in this film is the fact that he has a framed picture of himself as Machete in his office. Yes! The sheer implications of that. (laughs) I also really liked that. I thought that was the funniest bit in the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, So Cyrus is calling out this uh, defensive defensive tackle uh, because this defensive tackle, the 40-year-old man was tutoring or was being tutored by Roxy and he sent her a nude that was unsolicited. And this raised a couple of questions for me. First of all, because the nude is taken from a distance of <laughs> so I also took this note, Hannah. Who <laughs> took the nude? <laughs> it's taken from like ten Self-time. feet back and he's standing completely naked with like his legs apart uh, kind of like tilted like the Kool-Aid man and giving a thumbs up. <laughs> I would love to receive a nude like that. Are you <laughs> like, kidding? I understand the concept of self-timer, but it's in a place in the bathroom where I think that, like, I feel like there would be no counter across from there. I feel like the door would be across from there. So, like, there's no you way. Up an entire pulley system just for the <laughs> Well, and that raised another more serious question for me, which is that, okay, so Roxy received this nude, she obviously shared it with Cyrus somehow. And I know the man in real life is obviously like a tax accountant in his 40s. But in the world of this movie, <laughs> he's a child. So this is... It's pornography. It's child pornography that Cyrus then yep. goes on to distribute to the entire student body. So I was the like... The other thing that I don't understand that comes right after this is where they're all saying... Okay, never mind. Actually, we'll get to this. <laughs> so Cyrus is uh, threatening the guy. He says, quit the football team or I'm going to show everyone in the school your tiny, tiny dick. And the guy's like, ah, oh, don't bully me. But there's nothing you can do because Cyrus is uh, an emotional terrorist. So he runs off the stage. He quits yeah. the football team. And Roxy gives a charming little smile because Cyrus has saved her day yet again. How do we, okay, something never explained. How did Roxy and Cyrus become friends? Why are they friends? They're also childhood friends. But again, don't explain. Okay, I guess. But they don't live close to each other, and their parents aren't friends, so I don't understand how that happens. I don't understand the quantity of childhood friends in this movie, because I feel like there's not that many people who arrive at senior year still friends with the people they were friends with in diapers. Correct. Yeah, I I didn't understand their dynamic at all, even much later when we are supposed to care a lot about it. Uh, <laughs> so Cyrus gets caught by Danny Trejo, uh, and Danny Trejo says, Cyrus, you have to stop doing cybercrimes, because even though I can't punish you, MIT will somehow know about this, and you won't get into MIT. Uh, this rang very true for me as someone who all of the people I went to high school with wanted to go to MIT and nobody got in. But also disappointed me because they never brought it back up in the movie. 
Yeah, no. Well, also because they kept being like, your grades are really bad. Yeah, the whole movie, his grades were terrible. I was like, why would MIT let this clown in? Because <laughs> he can act system uh he's gonna write a college essay about how he's disabled because of his huge nose (laughs) (laughs) well and i want to bring up this point now actually because something i know about the original roxanne is that uh steve martin in that film has a huge nose that he's very embarrassed of but he can't surgically remove it because he's allergic to anesthesia oh man Uh Man, they do not do that in this movie at all. They have a big old like tin at one point. At one point, when he pulls out the like jar where he's saving money and in like big block letters, it's like nose job fund. Yeah, <laughs> he's so, supposed to be hiding from his mom. I don't know how. <laughs> we know that we know that he wants to surgically remove his nose, and he's saving money to do it. And my question was, if Cyrus owns like fifteen computers, why didn't he forego one and ask his mom for a nose job? Oh shit! You're right. <laughs> Film eviscerated. <laughs> <laughs> um, and That's I'm not. I'm not advocating for or against nose jobs. Um, I just think that if it's literally ruining your life in the way that it seems to be ruining his and making you a completely unlikable sociopath, maybe your parent should have splurged on a nose job earlier in life. I agree. Yeah, they don't, they don't, they make it seem like a fixable problem, is all I'm saying. Yeah, you're right. So Roxy is very grateful that Cyrus has done this for her. Um, She's like, you have saved the day, you're my Prince Charming, you're my Mr. Heathcliff, you're my Mr. Darcy. Um... (laughs) This movie suffers from after syndrome where they present a girl as very well read, but they only have her reference like two authors. Yeah. Chekhov and someone else. She references Chekhov a lot. And she also, um, she, there was a moment where she's talking to Cyrus and she's like, I need to stop waiting for Heathcliff and Darcy. And I thought that was much better in the film (laughs) after where Harry Styles is like, both evil and nice (laughs) and he kind of has both (laughs) going on but the way Roxy says it she kind of says it like they're the same and I was like those are two very different books baby girl yes (laughs) one of them is a horrible person yeah I think it's it's whack that it was the same reference but I guess it makes sense uh because those are the two romance novels teenage girls read if they're woke if they're smart (laughs) so she says to cyrus she calls him and she says you're the best i love you platonically please meet me tomorrow so i can tell you something very secret about the guy that i like and he's fucking stoked on this Mm -hmm. he's he goes to bronwyn and he's like she's gonna tell me she's in love with me even though i'm hideous and and danny trejo like when he's walking out and cyrus gets a call danny trejo's like i hope she's worth it and i'm like how do you know (laughs) Anything I was like, I was like very homophobic of Danny Trejo. <laughs> oh God. Something else that disappointed me about this movie: there were no demeaning gay jokes, and that's always that's always for me the signal. A movie for me isn't a truly good bad movie if they don't make like kind of mean spirited gay jokes. <laughs> All the homophobia is saved for dumb people. <laughs> so, 
So Bronwyn goes to Cyrus and she says, you should tell Roxy how you feel because we're in a teen movie and you should always speak your truth. Um, meanwhile, she's engaging in a prank war with Lee, Christian's friend, that I found very boring. Mm-hmm. Whose personality trait is that he wears a fedora constantly. Yeah. Huh. That's it. Anna, you texted me that you thought Lee was one of the only okay characters in this movie. I wanted to kill Lee. I thought he was the most annoying one. I, I did say that. I did <laughs> not. Oh, I said, <laughs> I said I, a case could be made for Lee potentially because he doesn't do much, but he does deny Christian in like the first scene that they're, the second scene that they're really together as his friend. He's like, that guy's not my friend. True. I think Christian is the only moral compass of this movie. The best characters in this movie are Christian, um, Roxy's dumb friend, and Cyrano's mom. <laughs> what about Bronwyn? Yeah, Bronwyn's okay. <laughs> Bronwyn's uh, uh, an accomplice, so I don't know what we can say about her. She enables Cyrus a lot. <laughs> she loves the chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, so this also, immediately we pivot into a library scene where... Cyrus is being bullied for the size of his nose by another interchangeable oh. bully. This scene, I think, is the worst in the film. It's crazy. I It, like, changed me. He just keeps pulling out these cards from nowhere and, like, thinking up better-themed insults than the bully actually insulted him with and is self-roasting the whole time. But it's deeply scary. Yeah, so the bully goes up to him, and he's mad because he's also on the football team. He's like, you cost me my defensive tackle. Fuck you. I hate you and your big-ass nose. And everyone in the library gasps because they're like, you said nose. And Cyrus... Cyrus starts self-roasting, as you said. Um, The jokes Mm -hmm. he makes are not funny. But all of these kids are, like, cracking up. Like, they're rolling on the floor. Well, also, like, someone, for someone who distinctly doesn't want to be perceived, like, he loves to be the center of attention the entire film. Yeah. He's, like, jumping on tables. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, like, regaling the crowd. And also I was mad because the little cue cards he keeps pulling out where he's like, astronomy, artistry. I'm like, you're defacing the library. (laughs) Have respect. (laughs) I find, okay, now I understand. So those were to label the book sections. I was like, why, where is he pulling out these cards? Why does he have these perfect (laughs) cards? I thought like somebody just had them for a project. Yeah, no, he like, but you don't see him take them off the shelves. He just has them in hand for some reason. So, yeah, so he's like, yeah, you should have made a joke about how my nose looks like a sundial. You should have made a joke about how, like, my nose looks like a penis. He makes a lot of dick jokes about his own nose, which I thought was very interesting. He makes, like, a Freudian joke. And I was like, whoa, that's too much for me. He makes, like, two Freudian jokes about his own nose. And then he's like, yeah, fuck you. Like, at least be smart, because smartness is the only value that's appreciated in this film. He's like, you probably wish mm-hmm. you were as witty as me. And Bronwyn leaves, like, just smirking at the bully. And I'm like, if this bully was, you know, if this was the real world that you and I exist in, this bully would have just called him, like, a slur and moved on. Oh, 
no. But, like, he would have. <laughs> right. You're I, right. <laughs> and then there would be no, like, witty counter jab. And I also thought it was weird because, like you said, like, Cyrus hates his nose. He hates being perceived. He hates, like, anyone even saying the word nose in his presence. But he goes on this super long spiel where he's, like, bragging about it. And I'm like, are you insecure about this or not? Yeah, I can't tell. So, yeah. And then Bronwyn tells him that girls like that he has a big nose because they assume he has a big dick, which I thought was very charitable on Bronwyn's part. (laughs) Yeah, that was a real nice thing for her to say. But also weird because she's his cousin. (laughs) Also true. Uh, Also... Do women assume that? If I saw no, that, right? No. 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 <laughs> I would assume the opposite, actually. <laughs> if he had his personality, I certainly would assume the opposite. He's compensating for a lot. Uh-huh. Um, so he goes to see hashtag Roxy the next day. Uh, and he meets Bronwyn at the cafe. Um, I thought this part was very relatable to Lily because she complains about how this guy reads her his screenplay every day. Yeah, this was very accurate. There's this guy who um, is at my local coffee shop every single time I'm there, and he's always writing his same screenplay on his laptop, which is propped up on a Trivial Pursuit box. Um, and he, like, makes audible remarks, like, as he's typing about how, like, genius he is. And so it really hit home for me, and I, I kinned a lot with Bronwyn in that moment. <laughs> Uh, and his wife at the cafe at 7.30 on a school day. Like, I thought it was the weekend, but they go to school straight after. And also, Bronwyn's working there. What kind of shift can you have before a school day? Opening, I guess. But For two hours? What time did your school start? I always Mine had, started late. I, I always start late. Did. Okay. And it's Canada, so I don't know about when high schools start there. Okay. Uh, mine always started at, yeah, 7.25. So I, I also thought that was odd. Mm. Um, so Roxy meets him there. I thought her dress was really cute. <laughs> I did. I thought she looked very sweet in, like, the scene in the following scenes where she was wearing this dress. You're definitely kidding Roxy a bit. Don't say that because <laughs> I find Roxy completely repulsive, but I also thought she was very attractive. <laughs> Um, Roxy, I feel like Roxy has the energy of a girl I would be, like, totally in love with in high school, but also, like, hate myself for having feelings for her, you know? And that's a lesbian experience (laughs) in high school. (laughs) Roxy would have been my dream girl at, like, age 16, because she's so (laughs) evil and yet so beautiful. The thing is, the whole thing about Roxy is that she's supposed to be super smart because she loves to read, right? But she, like, never realizes when somebody has feelings about her, like, even though it's very obvious, she's actually dumb as rocks. No, she's dumb as shit. This is really important because this movie, this movie loves smart people and is very uh, sapiosexual friendly, but it really Mm -hmm. only seems to think like many people today think that being smart is just like regurgitating quotes and facts. True. Literally all she does the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Both Roxy Who's and Cyrus. That like all hot girls are the same. This movie. Yeah. The, the way this movie talks about girls is same. crazy. Mm-hmm. 
So Roxy shows up at the cafe. She's like, Cyrus, thank you so much for exposing that man's privates to the entire student body. I can't thank you enough. Um, but I want to talk to you about the guy that I like. And oh, also, he's been writing a love poem to her during this whole, like, while he was waiting. Um, and she says, uh, he's very shy. He seems insecure. He's artsy and smart. And he's obviously thinking, Cyrus thinks it's him. And then she's like, and he's in your chemistry class. And the guy she has a crush on is Christian, Boo Boo Stewart. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? (laughs) Rightly so. She's like, he's an artist. He's sensitive. I've seen him painting. uh, And I'm asking you politely if you'll put in a good word for me. Um, At this point in my notes, I write down uh, Christian. No, Cyrus uh, has turned terminal nice guy at this point in the movie. Yes. Because he's like, what am I, your delivery service? Like, why should I do this for you? You think I'm just your little pigeon, your little bitch boy? And Roxy's like, I asked you very politely if you would mind doing this. Is he a Volcel? Cyrus? No, I think he's an incel. I think he's just straight incel. incel. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think he might be incel in this movie and then turn Volcel later uh, when his nose has made him (laughs) impotent. Yeah. Uh, also, his first love letter to Roxy sucks. I was going to transcribe some of it. Did either of you transcribe any of the lines? He talked about oh, her. I did. Wait, I did. When you pull, when you wore your hair up, it was a curtain pulled back to reveal the real you. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I, I transcribed was Boo-Boo's poem. <laughs> oh, good poem. Boo-Boo's poem was from the heart, which is why I liked it more. Me too. Uh, It was very genuine and on the spot. Uh, Cyrus just cribbed from the Bronte sisters, so I didn't like it. (laughs) Um, So Cyrus is pissed, but Roxy is like, fine, forget I said anything. And he's like, no, never mind. I'll talk to Christian for you. Uh, And so they both go to school. Uh, We see Christian and Lee uh, at lunchtime, I guess. Oh, wait, no, before this very important, he throws away his love letter to Roxy. And then Bronwyn sees it in the trash, and then in a moment of compassion, she takes it out of the trash and puts it in Roxy's locker. A moment of compassion. (laughs) Yeah, that's a word. (laughs) Um, Wonderful. (laughs) I thought this was very funny of her to do, um, because she doesn't know what he wrote. (laughs) And also, earlier in the day, he had been very angry at Roxy, so I thought it would be funny if it was like... (laughs) Fuck you, bitch, for never sleeping with me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So then we see Christian and Lee. Uh, They are talking very sweetly to one another about how handsome and likable Christian is, which I agree. True. And then Lee goes on this, like, insane rant against women where he's like all women are the same they like the same things they do the same things they just want these shallow tokens of affection and they'll give up their pussy immediately and i was like whoa <laughs> he's right he's right <laughs> that's what i'm like he said all hot girls are the same and i said yeah, yeah. that is true i will say that um the, the th- well the thing is i was like all the things he listed I, he was being so derogatory but i'm like those are just like nice things they're like he's like they like it when you remember their birthday and bring them flowers when they're sad and buy them chocolates i'm like how is this embarrassing or like emasculating i guess 
the emasculation of being kind. God, yeah. <laughs> um, and he says to Christian, he's like, look, give it up with Roxy. She's only in love with books, which, again, is Roxy's only character trait other than being hot. And he's like, any girl here would happily mm-hmm. sleep with you. And Christian being the thoughtful king he is, is like, no, I care about someone's personality and I really like Roxy. And that's the thing, he genuinely likes her personality the whole time. Mm-hmm. And she's like, fuck you, you don't like to read? She's You're so stupid. mean to him later. Like, But he likes her the whole time. I'm like, so, yeah. But so, uh, he, Lee takes out the dare book which only comes up once, and apparently the rules of the dare book are, if a dare is written in the book, you have to do it or else. There's no consequence to not doing it. (laughs) And, but instead of daring him to ask out Roxy, which is obviously the natural progression of the scene, out of nowhere he says, go make fun of Cyrus's nose. Why would he do that? <laughs> Why would he do that? That is not for the plot whatsoever. It comes like, out of nowhere. The school cyber terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's setting up Christian, his only friend, to be publicly executed for no reason at all. Yeah, I fucking lines him up for the guillotine right there. Um, Christian refuses. In my notes, I say, Christian, sincere and kind king, because he's like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not interested in making fun of this guy. I don't know him. I think his nose is fine. And Lee's like, you're a coward. And Christian says, no, I'm just nice. And he's right. I'm good. Mm -hmm. The bully from before, not the defensive tackle, but the other one, uh, they're basically (laughs) the same character, and I don't know why they didn't make them just one person. I thought... They were the same person the first time we watched it. Fair. They're equally sweaty and they're equally old. So they look and act the same. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so he comes over out of nowhere and he's like, oh, I'll do the dare. I'm going to go punch Christian or Cyrus in his nose. And (laughs) (laughs) which wasn't the dare. And Christian, in an, a valiant effort to save Cyrus, goes over and makes fun of Cyrus's nose in a very, like, weak and half-hearted insult. He's like, can you smell my lunch from over where you're sitting? Get it? Because you have a large nose, and so you probably have a better sense of smell. And Cyrus is like, I need a name. I'm going to kill your family. Basically. Cyrus... <laughs> <laughs> Cyrus is instantly so full of rage and also this bully cracks up like he's again rolling in the grass laughing at this half-hearted insult uh, so Cyrus full of rage and grief because Roxy won't sleep with him turns to Lee and is like what is your friend's name and, Lee's, and Christian's like please don't tell him my name because he'll dox me uh, and Lee says it's Christian <laughs> an address I'm gonna run <laughs> he's like it's Christian Newville he tells him his whole name where he lives <laughs> um, and Cyrus is about to uh, deport Christian's parents when <laughs> he realizes 
that Christian is the Christian that Roxy likes. He's like, wait, Christian? Christian. Christian, Christian. Which he should have known immediately because Christian is the handsomest man in school. Correct. Uh, so he has a sudden change of heart where he's like, you know what? I'm going to help you with Roxy because she asked me to. And Christian is like, oh my gosh, I really like Roxy. Like, that would be great. And Cyrus all of a sudden is like, okay, well, text her and send her a checkoff quote. And she'll definitely be into you. And Christian, like... love, love when Christian was like, Oh, the guy from Star Trek? Because, you know, that shows that he's, like, he's knowledgeable in, like, the areas he cares about. I thought the same I thing. Him. I thought that was very sweet because I was like, yeah. You know, I probably would have said the same thing when I was, like, 15, 16. I wasn't reading Chekhov <laughs> in high school. Huh. Um. So he's like, oh, the guy from Star Trek? And Cyrus looks at him like he's a cockroach. And he's like, no, the Russian playwright. <laughs> And Christian says, I don't know any quotes by him. And so Cyrus, in the linchpin moment of this movie, takes Christian's phone, adds Roxy's number, and texts her as Christian a checkoff quote where it's about, you know, being excited to get in contact with her. Mm-hmm. And I thought this part was very interesting because it makes clear that Christian never asked him to do this. Like, he just did it of his own accord. <laughs> Oh, yeah. He fully orchestrated this entire thing. And I was like, ooh. ooh." I'm convinced that Christian has no idea the magnitude of what's going on this entire film. He literally just thinks he's getting a little bit of help the entire time. He's 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 like like one of the Varsity Blues kids who didn't know their parents were paying off the SAT people. (laughs) (laughs) He knows there's something happening, but he's not sure what. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that Roxy's the villain in this instant just for having her. Ex- this is her expectation for how boys should be texting her is check off quotes. Yeah. And that's entirely too high for high school straight boys. I would say it's entirely too high for someone you don't right. know, boy or girl. <laughs> Period. I mean, I guess that's true. I didn't, Yeah. <laughs> but I would say it's an ex- especially high expectation for high school boys. And it's especially evil considering that, like, two scenes later she texts him, you too, with three hearts. When she could have said, like, when she's talking about missing him, when she could have said, like, parting is such sweet sorrow. Like, that was an easy one, Roxy. It was a softball, <laughs> Roxy. Double standard here. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, Cyrus hooks up Christian and Roxy. He's like, my work here is done. He walks away. Uh, he tells Christian to read uh, Bronte, Austin, Dostoevsky, and um, who was the l- last female author? Uh, Dickinson. And, yeah, classic. Uh, which stuck out to me between Bronte, Austin, and Dickinson because I was like, those, I was like, Bronte and Austin, I was like, is one thing. But once you throw in Dickinson, I'm like, you just Googled women writers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> There wasn't a lot of thought. Um, and Christian goes, I didn't know there would be a reading list. And Cyrus, again, looks at him like he's going to kill him. To kill him. <laughs> like, it's such a throwaway comment. And he's like, well, isn't she worth it? And Christian's like, yeah, I just, I'm not, 
Christian gives me the vibe of someone who's like very sweet and tries hard, but is probably like dyslexic. <laughs> I think the way that they talk to him and treat him in this movie is deplorable. Yeah, yeah. apprehensible. Because I think, for one thing, he's a football player, so he's probably had concussions before in his life. Oh, no. I'm not even, I'm not even joking. It's like, I feel like Christian probably just has some learning disabilities, and they're being very mean to him about it. Yeah. I, I also, I also think that it's dumb of Christian to not realize immediately that Cyrus also has feelings for Roxy, but he is the first person to like see that somebody has feelings for somebody later in the film. True. Yeah. So, and and he, he doesn't claim to be smart, so it would have been okay if he didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Christian, we're told like a million times, is the dumbest one, but he's the only person who figures things out on his own. Without yep. being led there. <laughs> mm-hmm. So later, um, we find out that Roxy got the note from Cyrus in her locker, but thinks it's from Christian. And she's totally enamored. She's in love with this guy who's sending her checkoff quotes, which would instantly set up a red flag for me. Major. Um, because this movie was made in 2018. Uh, she's never talked to Christian before this. And the fact that somehow he, I'm finger quoting he, uh, he knew intrinsically that the way to her heart was sending her Russian lit quotes, I would be like, this man has been on my Tumblr page. Like, this man has internet stalked me. Oh, no. <laughs> and she certainly has. Dude, you know that Cyrus has been following her Tumblr since she made it in 2012. You know Cyrus has read all of her sad girl poetry and, like, jacked off to it. Yeah. Ew, no. <laughs> <laughs> he like sends her anonymous messages being like you should t- you have to post a selfie today i know you look beautiful <laughs> yeah. and every time she's like aren't you sweet and it's like an overhead shot <laughs> <laughs> so uh so yeah so christian goes to see Cyrus again, because he's like, I didn't send her a letter. Why is she texting me about sending her a letter? And so Cyrus just completely commandeers this operation and just starts texting Roxy himself as Christian, uh, sending her more book quotes and being like, you're the most beautiful woman in the 11th grade, uh, which she's totally falling for. (laughs) Same content I got on my FM. Oh, my God. I think it's really telling of how, like, everyone was in high school based on the kind of messages they would get on Ask FM. Because if you, Anna, were getting, like, nice messages on Ask FM, the kind of messages I was getting on Ask FM were like, why are your bangs so short? <laughs> 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 or, like, are you a dyke? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I just, like, tell funny jokes. Oh, I, I used Ask <laughs> FM for, like, one week, and someone called me a lesbo, and I immediately got scared off. I never used it again. Oh, no. I, I don't and think thus this is the hierarchy of things. Anna, if someone had called you a dyke on Ask FM in eleventh grade, you would be a lesbian today. I would have <laughs> said yes, though, and then continued. Oh, <laughs> and that's the power of Anna in high school. Anna but. was completely unbothered. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, me and Lily, with our bangs and our like lesbian ways, are just completely getting scared <laughs> off <laughs> like raccoons in the night. Yeah. So for a whole weekend, Cyrus is texting Roxy as Christian. Um, 
I wrote down that Cyrus is Reddit sexual, which we already covered, and also homophobic because he won't hug Christian. Christian at all, and Christian just wants to hug. Christian just wants huggies the whole time, and that's when I started <laughs> kidding him. <laughs> Christian goes to oh, hug him no. many times, and every time Cyrus, like, tasers him. Like, Cyrus is not about it. <laughs> Yeah, and then fucking Roxy will hug Cyrus, and Cyrus will be like, mm, let me get a little closer, which Cyrus, is so <laughs> Yeah, every time Sa- Cyrus buries his three-foot-long nose in her neck, and I'm like, that's gotta hurt. Oh, I like as someone with a very sensitive neck. I thought about that the whole time they were hugging, and I was like, if something, a foreign object touched my neck that I wasn't <laughs> expecting to, I'd be like, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think if Cyrus was, like, necking you, you would, like, pressure point him and instantly kill him. Yeah, 100% you would. You've oh done it God. to both well, me and Lily Cyrus- <laughs> multiple times. <laughs> I would deck him immediately. I mean, Cyrus is exactly the kind of guy that would be interested in me in high school and that I would continue to be friends with, even knowing that, like, I think Roxy was. So I guess I can't really complain about her and evilness this entire movie because i too was evil but here's the thing though you you entertain it uh but you don't you don't bring him to bed like you let him not dox you but you don't (laughs) give up the poon that's true yeah you know you know when to cut it off yes um so Later, uh, Cyrus has made a deal with Christian that he will continue courting Roxy as Christian, just like a little bit day by day, because Christian's warming up to the whole, you know, sounding and acting smart. Uh, And Mm -hmm. he makes a bunch of social media profiles for Christian, which I thought was odd. Uh, And then uh, Roxy calls Christian on Skype, and he answers... And Cyrus, like, ducks under the desk, which I thought was very funny. Oh, so, to be clear, Christian has never used Skype before in his life. He's like, you're on my screen. I don't think he I'm even knew what it was. I don't think he's ever used a computer before. I think there must have been a line cut when Christian was a new guy at school, and Lee must have been like, oh, Christian, you finally moved here from the Amish country or something like that, that they just ended up cutting. <laughs> Yeah, that was on the cutting room floor for sure. Because <laughs> the way he acts towards technology and the fact that he doesn't have, like, a Facebook or even know how to use Google is very strange. Yeah. Um, so he talks to Roxy, uh, and she isn't into it at first, but then Cyrus kind of gives him lines to say, and then eventually he just scrambles the screen and the voice, and he talks to Roxy himself. Uh, he also instantly tells Roxy that he's in love with her. Oh my god, the speech that Cyrus gives is so insane. And like, I wrote down when he goes, um, he goes, I feel like I've been missing you my whole life. Like, imagine <laughs> any that you wrote. Oh, wait. Sorry, my audio cut out for a second. Okay. I wrote down where he said, You are a sonnet walking in a world of a star that brings warmth and light into everyone's orbit. Imagine being told that. I, I that's what I said. I would have been like, "What the fuck?" I would have hung up immediately and like hid <laughs> under my bed. <laughs> oh no. 
Well, that's the craziest part. The speech he gives her is insane. Uh, the line again that you guys have said, and I want to make clear, is you are a sonnet working in a line of walking in a world of prose, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, he tells her that he's in love <laughs> with her. And he's like, I know that it's quick, but I, I want to be honest with how I feel. And I, I would never say that a girl or a woman is asking for it. But the fact that Roxy doesn't even raise her eyebrows while the speech is being given is insane to me. <laughs> it's awesome. She's so earnestly, when he's like, um, I also wrote down, this is the moment that songs and poems are about. That, like, that shakes me to my core. That, like, That's scares scary. me. Um. <laughs> I, I'm not a very cynical person, but if a guy I only met three days ago started talking to me like that, I would, because she says several times, she's like, my parents are downstairs. I would be like, oh, that's nice. And I'd be texting my dad, like downstairs, like, I need you to go out and buy a gun. <laughs> the way it's just, it's so, and I, it makes me like, what is it? Is this dialogue like? Is this referencing anything to do with the original Cyrano, or are they just really making this sound so fucking crazy? I don't know, but here's the biggest thing. Um, and again, I don't know about the original Cyrano. This could be kind of you know a transcription, but even if on the most basic level, if you're Roxy, you've met this guy three days ago. She doesn't say "I love you" back, but there's not even a moment where she's like, <laughs> "I'm not there yet," or like, "It's nice that you feel that way, but let's just take things slow." Like, she doesn't, mm -hmm. she takes this so much in stride, it's, like, almost like she's on Xanax. Like, she's just kind of like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. This is so, so hard. It's such a muted it's so reaction. Hard. It's so insane. The other thing, the other thing about their Skype call that really got me good was when he's, like, when the, the they scramble the video and he's, and she's, like, oh, should I just call you back? And he's, like, no, yeah. I like way i mean it's so hard being a hot person no one ever takes me seriously. <laughs> like hello like obviously it's cyrus talking about his nose like it's better that you don't see me like i don't like it when people but it comes off she's like interpreting it as i'm too hot for people to you know take me seriously. but she <laughs> rolls with it because she's in the interview that so one interview with that one actress what's her name who is like it's hard to be a beautiful woman in Hollywood. Oh, who was it? it was, it's, um, I'm going to find out. Hold on. Well, and the craziest part is she's, he's saying this and she says something where she's like, I know what you mean. <laughs> she like agrees. <laughs> yeah. yeah. By the way, it was Charlize Theron. Charlize Theron oh is allowed to say that. <laughs> she is really hot. <laughs> <laughs> she is really hot. Um, but yeah, she's like, I agree. She's like, I understand what it's like to be judged based on what you look like. Which is funny, again, because she's saying it back to Cyrus, who is so insecure about being ugly. If I was saying that about being ugly, <laughs> and a hot bitch said, I know what you mean, it's hard being so hot, I would hang up myself. <laughs> he's, too, he's too in it. He's too locked in the sauce. <laughs> And so he gives us that is right. He gives this insane speech, and then as soon as he's done, Christian leans in because Christian's been hanging back this whole time. And Christian's like, "Can I come over?" I love him. Oh, I love him. Head popping. <laughs> that part made me laugh. I thought that was very funny. 
so good. It's the best part. And then when she's like, uh, and he's like, stop talking. And then he's like, ask if I should bring condoms. I'm like, he's got one plan and I can really applaud his single-mindedness in this scenario. The thing is, Boo Boo just wants to fuck the whole movie, but he's also got a heart of gold, which makes him the best character because he's earnest about wanting to fuck the whole movie. <laughs> the best part is, is that in my, in my notes, I wrote down, uh, Christian has Archie Andrews from Riverdale Syndrome, kind but easily tricked into <gasps> evil. Um, and that's true. <laughs> And then immediately he references Archie like 20 seconds after I wrote that. Yes, I literally. The fact, okay, I literally wrote down the fact that Christian is an Archie slash by proxy Riverdale stan and it's a turnoff for Roxy is a major red flag. (laughs) (laughs) That made me hate Roxy. That was in my feelings turned from indifference to hate. Exactly. I actually. Every time he does something like understandable that's like a reference to pop culture, she. She <laughs> interprets it as him being literally the stupidest, worst person on the <laughs> So I want to talk about the scene where he references Archie because I thought it was so great. Um, but so yeah. she she says, yeah, you can come over. My parents are home, so we can't, like, fuck, but we can make out for a while. Um, and, she's, and she says, oh, but I'm tutoring this guy, so I need to take care of that. And which I also didn't like about Roxy because it's like, Roxy, you have a commitment. You can't. Put this on hold so you can make out with Boo Boo. <laughs> so she calls Cyrus. And again, this was an evil move on Roxy's part. This man that she definitely knows she has <laughs> pussy whipped. And she's like, hey, I'm bringing Boo Boo over <laughs> to fuck. And I need you to create a distraction so this other guy doesn't show up at my house. <laughs> <laughs> the sheer optics on this. She's, got, she's fucking playing every man like a fiddle. Yeah. Was it some hot girl shit? Yes. Like it did it did kind of make me respect Roxy, yes. but it was definitely like a huge bitch move. Yeah. <laughs> and so Cyrus's plan as to how to pause the guy she's tutoring, which turns out to be another one of his bullies, uh not the one he kicked off the team, but the other one. Um he creates like an ice cream truck diversion so the guy can't reach Roxy's house. <laughs> the city he hacks the city yeah because he hacks the light the stoplight and then he like puts up these construction things and then ice cream diversion where does his power stop he has like a fucking deus ex machina syndrome going on where he can just solve anything the amount of crimes he committed to let boo boo and roxy fuck was insane uh, and I was also like, these are crimes that are easily detectable on a server. You know, like if if you, if you are working security for like town hall and all of a sudden the traffic lights go out or like change, you immediately get an alert. <laughs> Not in the town of Bergerac. <laughs> yeah, I guess. So Boo Boo shows up to Roxy's house. She, of course, leans out the window and gives the... Uh, Juliet's speech the balcony scene speech because she's a basic bitch and he just looks at her like she has started speaking in Latin and I loved it (laughs) it's awesome he is he is no thoughts brain empty he is here to fuck yeah (laughs) he climbs in through the window uh he's like hey and they start making out um, he kind of leads her towards the bed and she's like, no, she's like, like I said, my parents are downstairs, but let's like sit and talk for a while. 
And he immediately changes course. He's like, oh, okay. And he lays down on her lap in, like, the weirdest oh. shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the way he laid down in her lap, I, I didn't enjoy. She starts running her fingers through his hair and talking about how she says check off is a perfect metaphor for the suburbs which it isn't really <laughs> and i was that like means nothing to me it's it's such a meaningless statement because i was like how on earth can the writings of Chekhov apply to your life roxy like roxy lives a completely <laughs> conflict nuance free life mm-hmm. um and she also and she thinks that Christian is, like, an artist. So he says, I haven't read a lot of Chekhov. And she's like, oh, what do you like to read? And he says, I like reading comics, which, respect. And she says, oh, I read graphic mm-hmm. novels, which is such a bitchy thing to say. Um, and she's like, I just read... <laughs> it was it was so it was so pretentious. And she was like, I just read Persopolis. It was great. Um, and she's like, it's about a young woman. Um, the way she said it's about a young woman it made me laugh. I don't know why. Um, and she, he says the comic I read had Archie in it and she's like oh and he's like Veronica's hot and that's the end of the conversation <laughs> you're right you're literally right he's yeah. right and it made he me should say it it made me so happy because as a Riverdale stan I was like I'm so happy Boo Boo has a hero that he can look up to namely Archie Andrews in Riverdale <laughs> <laughs> my favorite goldfish brain yeah i was like I, I was like out of all these characters at least boo boo has like heroes in media he can look up to like he can look up to archie from riverdale he can look up to steve from stranger things and know that everything's gonna turn out all right for him because he's hot and stupid <laughs> yeah um and this this really cools off Roxy to the point where she's like, I think you should leave, even though he just got there. <laughs> and he says, quite rightly, and he's like, I came over to hang out. I think he's like, are we not going to make out anymore? And she was like, no, because I thought you shared my interests and you don't. Literally whack-ass bitch. I don't understand. He's He's showing up. He's showing his interests. Um, and, and then, okay, can we jump to the poem? Yes, so, uh... She demands that he write her a poem on the spot. To, to win her back in this moment, uh, he's like, I would, I can write you a poem, and she's like, okay, do it right now. (laughs) (laughs) And so he gets down on one knee and takes her hand, and he starts writing a poem. Did you guys transcribe the poem, either of you? Did Anna? Do it. I did. It is... Your eyes are like the ocean, deep and blue, with waves that whisper, I love you. I like your hair. It smells fruity. But mostly, I'd like to hit that booty. Oh. <laughs> and he says it with this, like, goofy smile on his face. <laughs> <laughs> but it's even... So good. I'm, like, snapping on my king. <laughs> well, and I thought, like, especially, I was like, this is very sweet because it's wholly original. You know, mm-hmm. he's not quoting Chekhov. He's not doing what Cyrus does and just like regurgitating facts and figures at her. I'm like, this came from the heart. And that's what makes it truly romantic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he gets kicked out. Yeah, she throws things at his head. Every man in the world. Yeah. 
so she kicks him out. He falls out her window um, at the same time that Cyrus and the bully are reaching her house. Um, and the bully says something about how uh, he knew that Cyrus was pimping her out or something. And Cyrus punches him in the face. I love the sound effect that they use because it was like, it was so small. <laughs> Uh, and then he punches Cyrus so hard in the face, I'm like 100% sure the prosthetic came off. <laughs> no. Um, and this part was weird. This part stuck out in the dialogue to me because the dad comes out. And again, Roxy and Cyrus have been friends for ages. And yeah, he's like, Cyrus, your nose is so swollen. And Roxy's like, Dad, his nose just looks <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> that, was so that was a rough that was rough but you didn't mention that christian tackles the bully because he sees him beating up his friend cyrus who he just met which was so nice of him yeah so christian it. saves cyrus from the bully uh he like saves him he tackles him and they both get run off the property by roxy's dad yeah, yeah. so they bring cyrus in roxy's like yeah i'm not interested in christian anymore and cyrus is like oh well I thought you liked him. And she's like, no, you were right. He's dumb as fuck. I'm not interested in dumb boys. So, you know, I'm moving on. And instead of letting her move <laughs> on, he goes to Christian and is like, you have to win Roxy back. And they start a hashtag forgive me Roxy campaign. Okay. I have a question about this. And it's that this campaign, like, spans the entire school. Like, there was, like, there were banners. There were things on, like, screens. There, were, there was, like, a fucking like i don't even know 3d sculpture of her name on point and it's like d d does roxy think that christian did all of this even though even though cyrus is known as being the guy who hacks the school like what's the suspension of disbelief here exactly like i wrote down that she's such a bad friend not even that 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 she's dumb for not realizing it's him and that he's interested in her, but such a bad friend for not knowing that this could only be Cyrus. <laughs> like, yeah. Could reach this far. And again, Christian, the span, the time span of this movie is so weird because Christian's only been at the school for like a week. Cause who else would have helped him set this up? Right. Exactly. So yeah, it's, it's obviously Cyrus, but for some reason she believes it's Christian. Uh, Christian, mm -hmm successfully wins her back by holding up, by standing under sprinklers and doing the uh, John Cusack say anything boombox thing. Um, and, and he tells her he loves her again as himself, which I thought, again, was very bold. Yeah, that's powerful. This Their kiss here I thought was great. She goes over to kiss him and I was like, this kiss works. I thought it was very romantic. Every kiss they have is immensely passionate. <laughs> it's like really it's like really in there well and again I'm and for me I was like this is where the horniness of the movie ends because even though Cyrus loves Roxy he doesn't seem to have like any sexual feelings towards her whatsoever like he just wants to own her uh -huh. You're that, so right. And that's so terrifying. <laughs> that is terrifying. And I think the message well, and of, then like okay, one point. I think the message the movie is trying to send is that like Christian's love for Roxy isn't pure because he wants to have sex with her and Cyrus's is because he's only interested <laughs> in like her beautiful soul. But it's himself. it's very weird because he's like so weirdly possessive 
and like creepy towards Roxy where I'm like, if he's not sexually interested in her, this actually just makes it worse. Yeah, it does. You're completely right. So Christian and Roxy make out extremely passionately on her front lawn. Uh, it's very hot. And I thought this move, the movie should have ended here. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> um, uh, I also and then thought, a football game, right? Yes, I also thought the outfit she was wearing while they made out was great. I, I took a lot of notes about Roxy's outfits. I'm not paying attention to her outfit. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they really do. You guys dress alike. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. You dress like Roxy, Hannah. I do. <laughs> I do. I think that's why I they really stuck out because I'm like, oh, if that was at the loft, I would really <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> if, the, if, that, if this was being sold at the loft outlet mall, I would really have to see the price tag. Yeah. Um, so then they're at the football practice, uh, Cyrus Bronwyn and Roxy are all there. Um, and Roxy is cheering on Christian, but she is making it very clear that she hates football and doesn't want to be there, which I thought was another evil move on her part. So that was a crazy thing. That was a crazy conversation when she goes down and was like, um, yeah, I like I hate all of this stuff, but I'm here. And he's like, oh, you don't like it. You don't want to be here. When obviously, like, this is something that Christian is very good at and very talented at. And like, this is what he like is passionate about. And like, and, and the biggest thing was when he said, I don't I'm he didn't even say I'm not interested in what you're interested in. But in earlier scenes where he didn't know a lot about what she was interested in, she was like, fuck you we're breaking up. And now she goes down and she's yeah. like, I hate your interests and I don't want to be here. And just, like, laughs like it's charming banter. Yeah, yeah, she's like, this is the boring, she's like, this is boring as hell. And she's, like, proud of herself for thinking that. And I'm like, yeah. okay, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this, this is also when she finds out that Cyrus, unbeknownst to Christian, has still been sending her, like, a hundred texts a day as Christian telling her about how smart and talented she is. So creepy. This is where he figures out that Cyrus is in love with Roxy, the first person to voice this. But I'm also like, Bronwyn. how mm-hmm. did he not know? Does he never check his own texts? No, he, doesn't have, he actually doesn't have a phone. He <laughs> <laughs> doesn't do technology. I was just well, like... That's the thing, it's like... Literally, at, like, 40 minutes left in this film, Christian's like, let's just end this movie. Do what you gotta do, buddy. <laughs> exactly. The movie should have should have ended... Th- like, he should have said something, had it gone good or bad, and the movie could have ended very shortly after this football game. Well, guys, I'm gonna yeah. tell you something that you will find very interesting as soon as we finish discussing the scene that I think will add mm-hmm. some insight to what you're saying. So, Roxy, <laughs> Roxy says all this shit to him, and he's like... And she's like, but even though I hate football and everything you're interested in, I still love you because you send me texts about the Bronte sisters. And he's like, what if I didn't do that? And she's like, what do you mean? You do. And he's like, if I was ugly, but still sent you texts about the Bronte sisters, would you still love me? And she basically is like, I only love you because you sent me texts about the Bronte sisters. (laughs) Sapiosexual. And he, Anna, as you said, realizes that Cyrus is in love with Roxy and that they should be together because they share the same interests. Mm -hmm. And he calls down Cyrus and he's like, you're in love with Roxy and you should 
tell her that you're the one who's been text messaging her because I think it's really you she's interested in. And she just said that she yeah. doesn't care what I look like. So even though I'm beautiful and you're ugly and weird, she would probably rather be with you. <laughs> the way he phrased it was yeah. very funny because he was so he was obviously trying to be sensitive, but he still called Cyrus ugly indirectly. <laughs> <laughs> Like, Christian is constantly making sacrifices in this film because he really loves Roxy. I don't know why he loves Roxy, but you could tell he genuinely loves her he and like, wants the best for her. And he loves Cyrus and wants the best for Cyrus. So he's like pushing his own feelings aside to be like, Cyrus, even though you suck, <laughs> like go go for your dreams. <laughs> and so Cyrus is like, you know what, you're right. And he goes back up to the bleachers to tell Roxy that he loves her. And then all of a sudden, this part blew my mind. I'm going to talk to you about the choreography of the scene. Christian is standing next to the coach, obviously getting notes. Like, he's not on the field. Uh, <laughs> and then and then he gets tackled so hard by another player on his own team. Because <laughs> it's a practice. <laughs> oh, oh. I, I literally wrote, why did someone tackle Christian? He was for real just talking to the coach. <laughs> I didn't realize that. And he's just standing there talking to the coach. He gets distracted because he sees Roxy and Cyrus talking, but it doesn't matter that he's distracted because he's just talking to the coach. He's not playing. And then another player on his own team tackles him so hard he almost dies. (laughs) (laughs) And like, that's when I realized that every bad movie needs to have the bone crunch. Yes! A checklist for bad movies moving forward is the bone crunch. You got your Vampire Academy. You got your Secret Obsession. I'm like, there's multiple. We should make a bingo card to go along with this podcast. (laughs) But so he gets tackled. He nearly dies. Cyrus sees him and runs down and is like, Christian. Uh, she picked you, like, even though she knew that I was the one who was sending her the text, she wanted to be with you instead. And Christian whites out. He, like, passes out. <laughs> and that does nothing for him, because, like, literally in the next scene, Christian figures is, figures it out and breaks up with Roxy himself. It's not like they're, they go a time without, with, like, without him knowing that Cyrus didn't actually say something to Roxy. But girls, so here's the no thing. for him to even do that. I need to break something to you. Uh, in the original play, okay. Cyrano de Bergerac, when this happens to Christian, he dies. Oh, right. Oh, no. No wonder he's, like, not in the rest of the film. <laughs> so, in the original play... That's horrible. I want to end the podcast now. I hate it. So, I thought it was very funny that both of you guys were like, the movie should have ended here, because the play basically does. From here, the play and the uh, movie split, because at this point in the play... Christian, I'm talking about the play now, Christian realizes that Cyrano loves Roxanne and that she loves the man of the letters. So he's like, you should tell Roxanne that you're the one who's been sending her these. Like, I accept that you guys are in love. And before Cyrano can tell Roxanne that it's actually him, Christian gets fatally shot and dies in Roxanne's arms. Um, (laughs) Oh my god. And because Cyrano and Christian are friends and he like he knew that Christian's like one like passion in life was Roxanne, Cyrano never tells Roxanne that he was the one who was writing the letters. 
So does she never find out in the play? She at said, all? she confronts him when he's dying, and she's like, "Were you the one who wrote me the letters? Was it not Christian?" Wow. And, and he's like, N- "And he always says it was Christian. He never tells her, even though she suspects it was him." Holy shit! The hell? That's crazy. So I think it's very funny that you guys were like, "The movie should have ended here because the play basically does." Yeah. The rest of the movie is just like a repeat of multiple events. And also the tone is all over the place. The end of the movie is very bizarre, especially because, like, like you said, because Christian is fine after this, like he doesn't have any memory or like long lasting problems. It, there's really no point for Cyrus to tell him, like, oh, Roxy wanted to be with you. Because he wakes up at the hospital and he's like, no, she didn't. <laughs> like, there's no tension there. <laughs> well, also, not only did he not have any, like, later conditions, he breaks his arm. And then in, like, a scene later, he's walking around with no broken arm. And I'm like, he healed so fast. <laughs> his Just back was arm. broken. Like, he <laughs> broke his back. <laughs> yes, Anna. <laughs> Um, like he sprained his back, he broke his arm, and he's so chill and cool about it. And I'd be like, in real life, his football career is over. This was his one thing that he had left. Damn. And he's not even upset. Um, but so, uh, Roxy texts Cyrus, and she and she's like, "Come over." And so Cyrus goes to her house and finds out that Christian has broken up with her over text. Um, he has sent her a text that says, I think we should see other people or, um, I don't, I think that we should break up. It was, it's very callous. It's very 2007 Taylor Swift, Joe Jonas. Um, and the song that's playing over this scene where she's like, Julian Baker. It's a Julian Baker song. Yes. I knew it. (laughs) Which means a lot to Hannah. For the audience. Uh, it means a lot to me. It will mean nothing to anyone else. Um, yeah. But that's... I did think it, it stuck out to me for a couple reasons. One, because I love Julian Baker. And it was very tonally dissonant for the scene. But for the rest mm. of the movie, it's all like weirdly jaunty pop songs. And then <laughs> over the scene where Roxy's like, if only I could meet my Mr. Darcy. Like they're playing Julian Baker's song about almost dying. <laughs> God, it's it's the tonal dissonance. It's not at all appropriate for the scene, Never. and it it set me on edge. If I was a cat, my tail would have been raised the whole time. <laughs> but so the por- the purpose of the scene, I, I basically blocked it out. But she basically just says that she and Christian are broken up, and so Cyrus goes to the hospital, and he's like, "What the hell, Christian?" And Christian's like, I'm fine. And also you lied to me about Roxy wanting to be with me. Yep. Yeah. And he's like, I don't, I don't want to be with Roxy if I'm not the person she wants to be with. So you should tell her the truth and it will be her decision, which I thought was very charitable of him. Which like just goes to show you how little Cyrus actually loves Roxy because he's just yep. like why wouldn't you want to be with her even though it's obviously not like it's obviously all lies <laughs> like <laughs> you get to be with her like physically I don't know <laughs> it's very confusing to me Anna you're hitting it on the head like what Cyrus wants from Roxy because I think ownership 
he wants to own her. But the thing is, the one of my ending notes for this movie was like, neither Roxy nor Cyrus really improve each other or grow or change over the course of the movie. No, not at all. The only thing I wrote for Roxy growth was when she does tell him that um, um, Christian broke up with her. And he's she's like, I always run to you to fix my problems because he's like, I'll go talk to him. And she's like, no. But then oh, yeah. she calls him over to comfort her, even though <laughs> she knows he wants to puss. Yes. Yeah. No, no, Cyrus zero Cyrus makes zero progress like as we'll see later Cyrus is just as evil mm-hmm. at the end as he is at the beginning although a sign of growth is that he starts to leave the hospital and then he goes back and hugs Christian and Christian is like elated yeah. to be hugged <laughs> yeah he is he is so happy to be getting this hug uh, and that's actually like the last time <laughs> we see Christian <laughs> yeah um, so in a very the the pacing of the rest of the movie is very confusing to me. So if I get scenes out of order, please correct me. Um, yeah. But so... Is this, is this a cruel beating of Cyrus now? Yeah, so Roxy... There's, I, I want, there's like a parallel plots with Roxy and Cyrus, but this is basically the next scene for Cyrus. So Roxy gets a tip from one of the bullies where he repeats something that Cyrus said that she knows she got from a letter from Christian. Uh, and so mm-hmm. she starts to suspect that Cyrus was actually writing her all those texts and she goes to his house to investigate. She like hacks into his computer. Um, Another thing that just goes to show you because the bull that she's just a horrible friend because the bully's like, yeah, yeah, that quote sounds a lot like Cyrus. And she's like, it does. <laughs> friends since they were like, in <laughs> yeah, she is like, she has no understanding of Cyrus or his interests. Only his abilities and what he can do for her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, while she is hacking into Cyrus's home computer and discovering that uh, he was the one who sent her all of the Christian stuff, uh, Cyrus is brutally attacked by some bullies on campus. <laughs> so brutally. The tone of this scene is so shocking and jarring. And and each guy that's attacking him takes turns hitting him. It's like it's like choreographed. It's so grim and it's it changes the tone of the entire film. It is so crazy that that scene is like that scene juxtaposed with the scene in the cafe that's played off for comedy that comes out. <laughs> but here's the thing, I don't think that scene in the cafe was played for cof- like comedy. I think it was supposed to be deadly serious. <laughs> that is even worse. That is even worse. <laughs> but so Cyrus gets the shit beat out of him by some football players because of the inciting incident of the movie where he sent the nudes to the whole school. Um, And he gives this incredibly lame-ass speech, which is basically the plot of Back to the Future, where he's like, these are your glory years, and someday I'm going to own a software company, and you're going to be waxing my car. Yep. That was crazy, and, like, in some ways more cutting than, like, not really, not actually more cutting than them beating him, but it was, like, you're never going to amount to anything because you're a worthless excuse for a human. And I was like, damn. (laughs) (laughs) But so then when the bully breaks his skateboard over Cyrus's face, I was like, sustained. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what he thought was going to happen, but (laughs) I don't know how he didn't see that one coming. 
Because the guy is holding the skateboard in the I'm going to beat you with this position. And Cyrus is still like, <laughs> you suck shit, basically. Yeah. And then the guy hits him so hard and is like, you just killed this guy. And they all <laughs> scatter like it's West Side Story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they think they killed him, so they all run away. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's in the hospital. So Cyrus right? wakes up in the hospital, and, then, and his mom. Meanwhile, is like, yes. Oh yeah, his mom is there. Wait, when does when does Roxy go over to his house and finds the flash drive that with was, her name on it? That was right before this, when she was at his house. Okay, yeah. Which, if I found that Roxy again is so out of touch with, like, the barriers of reality. Even if, like, Lily, if I went to your house and I found, like, an unlabeled, like, an unlabeled flash drive with just my name on it, and I plugged it in and there was, like, 17 Word documents, I would block your number. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, understandably. (laughs) There is no excuse to have, like, a thumb drive labeled with someone's name. (laughs) <laughs> it's so haunting and then the fact that she takes so long until she confronts him about it like i would just not i would either call him and be like don't contact this number ever again or just block him immediately but instead she draws it out and like meets him at the coffee she shop she asks to meet is, him like, in person which i'm like oh my yes. god so she so he's Cold. in the hospital and he gets a text from roxy where he's like where she asked to meet with him uh and he yeah. just leaves the hospital and goes uh, yeah, he still has like this very um, his face is fine, but he has like a around his forehead bandage wrapping that he covers with a skull cap that he is bleeding profusely yep. through as he's talking to Ross. <laughs> <laughs> he just like, pulls out his IVs and leaves, and you can hear the beeping like he's dead. And yeah. nobody comes. No, he's just gone. <laughs> He's like he's literally leaping out before Roxy at the coffee shop, and like I don't, I I still can't tell if it's meant to be played comedic or not because he's like, I need a cup of coffee, and she's like, it's right there, and he's like, oh right, I need a cup of coffee, and I'm like, this is a concerning situation. <laughs> the, he literally has brain damage, and that's why I didn't understand the tone. The thing oh. with the, the cafe scene is the most confusing one to me because. Lily, you're right. She, they keep making this joke where he keeps forgetting he has a cup of coffee in front of him and tries to order another. And Roxy keeps yeah. being like, you have one in front of you. And she keeps being like, are you okay? But after the fourth time, she's still just being like, are you okay? Instead of being like, what's going on? Um, and so she is confronting him about the fact that she know- she knows that he was writing all of the texts from Christian. But she's all coy about yeah. it. Like, she isn't like, hey, like, fuck you, you were messing with me. She kind of like, doesn't it suck when you can't trust the people you thought you could trust? Isn't it weird when people yeah. write things and then say they didn't write them? And it's like, girl, just get to the <laughs> point. What? Yeah. 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 Um, Cyrus is bleeding out at this cafe while he's trying <laughs> to have this conversation with her. <laughs> and... Uh, for some reason, she finally is like, you, like, fuck you, you were messing with me. And he kind of, like, gives her a fuck you back. He's like, you say you only care about if people are smart, but you still wanted to fuck Christian because he was hot. And she's like, <laughs> <laughs> which isn't a crime. She's like, like, yeah. it's like the life-ending roast of, you're just like every other girl, you just have more pretentious quotes on your Pinterest page. I was like, yes. Oh, that I mean, Cyrus is also awful, but also, yes. Like, yeah. damn if that wasn't true. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he like dies. Like he does it, but then he's like, oh, by the way, I'm dying. <laughs> and then she's like, whoa. So he roasts he roasts her. Um, he roasts her and she roasts him right back by being like, you love your ugly nose. Like, cause it lets you get away with your entire bad personality, which also yes, damn if it isn't true. Yeah. They were both so right in this. But the thing is they were very accurate with their reads of one another. And then there's only five minutes left of the film. So there's no time to fix it. <laughs> yep. So Cyrus stands up, uh, takes off his skull cap, reveals that he is brain hemorrhaging at this cafe. (laughs) (laughs) Collapses. And then... uh, Then he's back at the same spot. I think they reused the same shot of him waking up in the hospital. Definitely. Definitely. That's what I mean. Everything is just repeated. It's like Christian's in the hospital, Cyrus is in the hospital, Cyrus is in the hospital again. Because Lorraine again. Yeah. And the craziest thing about him waking up in the hospital again, Roxy is there this time, and she says, you're not going to see me anymore. That's so haunting. I I, I didn't mean, understand what she, she, she meant, because I was confused, because he was like, I know you're going on college tours soon, and she was like, no, you're not going to see me after that either, because I think we should stay away from each other from now on, because we're bad for each other. And the way she said it... I think it was just like, we shouldn't hang out anymore. But the way she said, you're not going to see me anymore, sounded like Frodo leaving <laughs> Middle Earth. <laughs> it sounds like Edward in, in New Moon, and he just like disappears off the face of the earth. Yeah. That's what, what it sounded like she was going to do. Yeah, I was yeah. like, if you're like, you will still see her if you're still going to school together. Like, you have to finish senior year, Roxy. Yeah. And then, like, the crazy thing is, this is the moment where I was like, wow, there is no, he did not learn his lesson whatsoever in this film, because as soon as she's like, okay, I'm gonna go, you need to do better and stop interfering in people's things and just maybe get your grades up, the next scene is him orchestrating a date with Bronwyn and Lee, and, like, ducking behind a bush, being like, "Mm -hmm, my little plan, (laughs) and it's just like, there's no change here. Yeah, he he, keeps interfering. Not to contact her at all. And that's yeah. like one of the first things I feel like he's <laughs> soon yeah. she gets back. Yeah. Yeah. So he sets up a date between Bronwyn and Lee directly against Roxy's request. And then they set this up so early in the movie that I forgot that they had mentioned it at all. But oh. they say something where he promised her when they were kids that he was going to build her like a, a pillow fort or, you know, a canopy bed or something like that. And she a gets she, a what? A bl- blanket for a blanket for it missed the first time we watched this movie i didn't understand why he did that i still don't (laughs) but so she gets home from her college tours and her dad kind of like winkingly leads her into the backyard where cyrus has set this up which makes me feel like the dad has been paid off by cyrus (laughs) the dad is terrified as well yes (laughs) cyrus came to their house like family. Cyrus threatened him with, like, tax evasion charges if he didn't let him pursue Roxy. (laughs) Yeah. So, he leaves uh, a video uh, for Roxy in the blanket fort, where he's like, I love you, um, and I've always hated my nose, and that's why I've never pursued you. Which, I was shocked the movie was still about his nose. Like, the fact that I was still supposed to care about that. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Um, I just, like, stopped the 
about it. Because I was, again, yeah, we're used to it, so I'm not thinking about it anymore. But I'm like, the nose isn't the problem. The problem is that you're a sociopath. <laughs> yes, you're a crazy person who likes to puppeteer other people's lives. <laughs> but the movie is still selling us this idea where it's like they can't be together because she's super sexy and he is a big-nosed freak, which is not the problem in their relationship. No. And it's demonstrably not the problem in their relationship because she sees this video, realizes that she loves him too, and then goes over to his house and stands Wait, under I'd a... I'd like to pause for a second. Yes. I would like to say one thing was at one point in his video speech, he goes um, something about like, want to bring I want to bring the stars down to the garden so you can read under them. And he says that, and she's like, "Uh huh?" And then she looks up, and that exact quote printed <laughs> on a tapestry above her head. Like, you really planned this to a T, huh? He was so proud yeah. of that quote. Uh huh. Oh god, just the most repulsive relationship I can imagine. And the whole thing was that she wanted him to go, like, get his grades up, but there's no way he was getting his grades up yeah. while he's building this blanket fort and, like, importing the produce, no. like, the, the ton of produce that is on that table in the blanket fort. There's exactly. so much fruit on that table, which made me think where it's like, he must have set this up, like, 20 minutes before she got home. <laughs> yeah, so she's like, oh, I do love him, and she goes over to his house and stands under the sprinklers. The way she stood under the sprinklers freaked me out because, again, she's standing, like, legs apart, arms splayed, like no one has ever stood in their <laughs> lives. Where it's, like, the way she's standing is, like, someone who's trying to avoid getting wet, but she is soaked to the bone. <laughs> you know, she's trying to get full coverage. <laughs> um, and, again, this was a, a makeup moment for me where it's, like, they didn't do this right because she's wet, but, like, all of her makeup is kind of, like, running down her face now, and her hair is, like, pooling yeah. in weird ways. It didn't look right. And then he goes to join her under the sprinklers, and I'm like, his prosthetic's going to come off when it gets wet. Yes. This is great. The kiss here oh, is so, crazy. So what, what's important is they say to each other, like, oh, I love you. I love you, too. Let's, quote, uh, check off to each other for the rest of our lives together. And then they kiss. Lily, describe the kiss, please. And th see, the thing is, I can't describe it because you don't see it because he had they have to angle it properly so that his nose doesn't, like, claymation-style smush <laughs> back into his face. It's completely hidden sideways. There's no way, logistically, that it can happen. And so you're just left wondering, like, how are they ever going to how are they ever going to bone when his like sharp, sharp nose is going to pierce her uterus? You know, <laughs> <laughs> my biggest thing is, is like, no, I thought the same thing because I was like, he has to lean so far where it's like they're going to be in their relationship for less than three months and he's going to have neck problems. Yeah, <laughs> a full 90 degrees in order yeah. to kiss her. And, you know, his nose is still tickling her ear. His nose is inside her ear, for sure. <laughs> but you he's know like, what the worst... Like unlocking her. The worst part is they kiss, and then she leans back, and she kisses his nose. Uh, <laughs> I, hate I hate it. And that took me out of the movie so much, because I was like, that poor actress has to kiss, like, the slimy plastic prosthetic. <laughs> Uh, and then immediately oh. after she kisses the nose, they take a selfie. 
which is like the growth, I guess, because now he's like willing to be shot on film. Oh, well, yeah, because I didn't get it at all. Because she says something where she's like, you're my man now. And she whips out her phone again under the sprinkler. (laughs) Uh, Oh, but then Bronwyn and Lee come and join them and hug them and do the selfie. But the thing that I found weird about that is that, like, Lee goes straight for Roxy and gives her, like, a full, like, <laughs> we're friends hug. When I'm like, I have not seen you guys interact once in this movie. No, they don't know each other. <laughs> they don't <Why>? know each <laughs> other. Yeah, it was it was obviously to pair up, like, girl boy, girl boy in the final selfie. But Lee and Roxy have yeah. no relationship. And I was like, this should be Christian. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It should. But why isn't he there? Because he kind of died, but not really. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Christian is not in the last twenty minutes of the film, which is why I was like only half paying attention. But then, so exactly. That, that's the end of the movie. Like the selfie is the end of the movie. Credits roll, yeah. and you watch very staged, but like supposed to be spontaneous, oh, playful oh, dancing. Oh awesome it's it's like okay guys now this is a clip for the blooper get going it was i did not the biggest thing was that really sold it for me was it's they're framing it like oh we're having so much fun on set this was such a kooky movie but whenever the actress who plays roxy is dancing you can see her mouthing the words to the song so it's not staged (laughs) i can see her mouthing help me (laughs) (laughs) I was like, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, and then there's a mid-credit sequence. I mean, I think- uh, where there are actual bloops in the dance reel, right? Like, yeah. Like, well, there's the dance, the dancing, and then there are also like actual bloopers thrown in there, but they also seem staged for some reason. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's bloopers where it's like they either get the lines so wrong where you're like, oh, okay. Or it's lines where they're saying the line perfectly and then all of a sudden they stop and curse. <laughs> awesome. So you're like, this is obviously fake. Um, and then mid credit sequence, you see Christian one final time. Uh, Thank God. And for Lily, you see Roxy's hot, vapid friend one more time. Uh uh, and they get together. And they get together. And <laughs> Which I thought, is what we deserved. And movie. I could have watched a whole movie of just that. Yeah, me too, honestly. That's the that's the narrative I care about. <laughs> yeah. They had their priorities straight the whole time. This is what we should have seen. Correct. So, uh, ending thoughts. The reason I wanted to do, or the reason I wanted to do a movie that we don't know as well or is not as popular um, for our first episode mm-hmm. of the podcast was because I didn't I didn't want it to be basic. I really love Kissing Booth and After uh, and all, like, the big name ones. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I really want us to do those soon, but I wanted to start with, like, a lesser-known one. And I think this is yeah. honestly a really perfect bad movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's Well, because the, the thing is, like, it's... It's bad both in, like, the narrative bad and also in the construction of it. So it's got a good, like, double-edged sword thing yeah. going on. Yes. There's also obviously no growth of any of the characters. They all just, like, stay one way and end the movie the same way. Uh, exactly. Yeah. They either me- come evil and leave evil, or they come in pure and good and leave pure and good. And die pure and good. <laughs> <laughs> and I think... 
I, something I find very charming about uh, most bad movies is, you know, it's a very ham-fisted lesson that they try to teach people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think there is a lesson to this movie unless the lesson is you should only date people who are like you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what a great message. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't read books, you're dumb and you don't deserve love. <laughs> yeah, sapiosexuality wins in this film. Yeah, this is a sapiosexual friendly movie. Um, so I think I'm gonna I'm gonna cap off with our ending question that hopefully we'll be ending all of these podcasts, which is: Is this a movie that could be saved if they do things differently, like if it had a different writer or a dif- different actors, or is this uh, a camp masterpiece that can't really be fixed? <laughs> Oh, I think this could be fixed. Yeah, That's my I think. Yeah, I too think this could be fixed, and I think a lot of the fixing, like, lies in what happens after the football game. <laughs> yes, I think if they followed the play closer, it would be better. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and I think th- this question is tough, especially with um, this being an adaption of a play. Because, like I said at the beginning, there's been so many uh, Cyrano de Bergerac adaptions in like just the last 15 years. Um, and I think looking at ones that have existed, like Roxanne was actually very well received. Um, I'm sure. Sierra Burgess, I think, even though Sierra Burgess is probably another movie we're going to do on this podcast because it was very badly received, I think they actually tried Mm. something where it was like, oh, it's two girls and, like, the feeling of being an insecure girl versus, you know, um, an unpopular guy. That's something original. And I think probably out of all the ones, like, the half of it is probably the best one because I think the, the feeling of being, you know, a lesbian teenager who's impersonating a guy to romance a girl is the only really sympathetic version of this that you can create in modern day. <laughs> yeah. But I think... Yeah, I'd agree. I, I think with this movie especially, I think there are things that can fix. I think the performances for the most part are good. Um, mm-hmm. I think the comedic timing of some of the actors... I think Boo Boo is super funny in this. I think Danny Trejo... Yeah. I think Danny Trejo yeah, actually, like, commits as much as he was going to. Yes, I yes. agree. Um, He's excellent, too. And I think there are scenes and jokes that I did find, like, endearing. Or in the <laughs> moments I found realistic. But they were all so disjointed and weird that I was like, this is a fantasy world. <laughs> yes. I think I think in my, my dream... I think all of them centered on... All of them centered on what? I think all of the the best like jokes and bits centered on Boo Boo Stewart. Yes, yeah, exactly. I agree. Um, and I think honestly, the best ending to this movie is confronting Roxy and Cyrus with the fact that they're both like evil, shallow people. I think that would be very satisfying for me. Yeah. That would make this movie perfect. Yeah. I, I would agree. Mm-hmm. I am agreed. I think it's a wholly too long, in that yeah. <laughs> It's so long. It's it's a solid hour too. I mean, forty minutes too long. Yeah, um, there easily could have been a half hour shaved off of this movie. Easy. And it's the whole half hour that doesn't include boob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Bad Time Movie Club podcast. Thank you guys for being here.
Thank you. <laughs> um, you can follow us on Instagram at Bad Time Movie Club Podcast. Uh, and you yeah, can, you can. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Bad Time Movie Club. Oh, should we have a Twitter? Yes, I made one. <laughs> I made one last night. Anna, make Twitter. Anna has to make a Twitter now. I have to make a Twitter to interact with our podcast. Yep. All right. I will uh, let you guys go and we will see you next time. Bye.